Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, before we get to the show, want to introduce today's sponsor, Knock Nutrition. Have you heard of Knock Bar? If you have not, you are in for a treat, and I mean that. They are absolutely delicious. They come in four or even more delicious flavors. My favorite is probably chocolate almond. They're made by athletes for athletes. Great pre-run, during-run, or post-run fuel. Super easy to eat and swallow. They have a four-to-one carb to protein ratio with seven grams of protein per bar, 180 milligrams of electrolytes to stay hydrated, and they have no GI discomfort. So super easy to digest, to eat while you're on the go. If you want to try Knockbar, head over to knockbar.com. Use code STRONGRUNNERCHICKS for 15% off your first order. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. All right. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. It's Megan here. Today I have on Nicole Miracle, who is an OCR athlete, which means obstacle course racing. And I think I first heard about Nicole, obviously through Spartan racing, um, but I also noticed she was from Texas initially, and we were able to connect. I think we've met up once there and rock climbed and she absolutely kicked my butt. So I was totally humbled. She's an amazing rock climber, uh, runner. She's a former D one athlete. And she's now a top level OCR athlete as well. So we're going to dive into that today. And we're also going to talk about an OCR women's development program that she's starting, which is super exciting to bring more women into the sport. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, See so just a little background on my running experience. For sure. Yeah. We'd love to hear yeah. kind of how you got into the sport of running and then how that led into OCR. Totally. So yeah, I've been a runner my whole life. Um, I ran in high school and from a pretty young age, um, felt very drawn to the sport and, and had some talent in that. So I then, uh, went to Rice University on a full scholarship for track and field and cross country. And I kind of dabbled in a lot of different race distances. Um, I think I ran everything from like the 800 to the 10 K at conference at some point. <laughs> um, and, but I, but my focus was a little bit more on the steeple. Um, so really enjoyed the steeplechase, the 1500, kind of that, that mid distance. Yeah. Um, and then after college, I, um, I wanted to continue to, to race competitively. Um, I showed enough promise in racing in college that I could potentially continue, but, um, but I had some injuries that kind of kept me from, from really like making that next jump and being consistent in my training. Um, and so that's kind of when I had to reevaluate what my, um, my plan was in terms of competitive sports. <laughs> 
Um, and I had to kind of step away from running on the track and the, and the roads just because my hip injury didn't tolerate it very well. And that kind of pushed me into trail running and then ultimately into obstacle horse racing. Awesome. Um, and along the way somewhere, I started rock climbing as well, <laughs> which <laughs> kind of led you. to a, a good combination to start off in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you how you first got into rock climbing too, growing up in Texas, if that was much of a thing for you or, um, if it was when you moved out West. Yeah. Rock climbing to Texas is not a big, it's not a big thing, especially, you know, eight years ago when I was there, we had one like kind of tiny gym, um, and there was no real place to climb outside even within like three hours of Houston. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I had like tried it at my, there's, um, I think like scout, like outing, like boy scout outing, <laughs> um, when I was probably, I don't know, 10 or something. Uh, and I remember even like then like really enjoying it, but they're just, it just like wasn't accessible when I was growing up. And so, yeah. um, not until college did I start to go back to the climbing gym, um, but then I was, you know, I was, I was there to run. And so I wasn't really allowed to climb, <laughs> right. um, yeah. there's like certain, there's or sometimes trail, cool. right. Like trail running, isn't much of a thing usually while you're in college. Yeah. I know a lot of coaches that are like no skiing, no climbing, no running on trails. Cause they don't want you to trip, twist an ankle. Um, which is understandable if you're there to run, if you're on a scholarship, like, yeah, that should be the focus and limiting yeah. other like potential injuries. Right. Um, but you graduate but just, and you're like, I can do all of this now. I know yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the whole world opens up and you're like, wait a second. I don't have to like, I don't have to think about vacations in terms of where the running is and, um, and yeah, I don't have to yeah, stick to just one sport anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So once you graduated, did you jump right into OCR or like what was kind of that initial step to get you to your first Spartan race? Um, so when I first graduated, I, I really wanted to race, um, the steeplechase at the Olympic trials. I, I had sort of had an opportunity, but I was injured the year. So I was, I was, I was fast enough. My time would have made it. Um, but I just, I, it was either the year that I got a really bad ankle sprain or I broke my leg. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was kind of, that was my focus when I first graduated. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in terms of a career at the time. And so I wanted to continue to train with my team, which I did, or I tried to do for the, for the first year after college. Um, and that's kind of when I did start getting into rock climbing as well. Um, and then after a year of not being able to race, not being healthy at all, I decided that maybe it was time to actually like discover what else is out there <laughs> and at least just take a step back and kind of rest from running. So that's when I moved to Colorado and I really got into rock climbing and, um, did have this little like identity crisis of like, oh, I've always been a runner and now I'm not, <laughs> Um, yeah. and then I got healthy and I, then I did race for, for about a year with an elite team in Boulder, Brad Hudson's group at the time. Um, uh, but then I had a different hip injury. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I had so no I'd, idea I'd though this all happened. This is really a lot of like ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so it's all labral tears. I had, I tore my left labrum in college. And then once I got over that the year after college, um, then I tore my right one. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh man. Yeah. So many injuries. I think a lot of listeners can relate though. So many runners have been injured or athletes in general. So Mm -hmm. yeah. How did you continue to stay positive throughout this and not feel like I'm just going to give it all up? Um, it was, it was rather hard for me because again, I just like identified so much as a runner and that was just my like driving force in life. I just wanted to run fast (laughs) and be competitive. Um, and so especially navigating the second labral tear was really hard for me. And I didn't really get clear answers from doctors and specialists. Um, I got a lot of, Oh, you know, you're, you don't really seem to be that, um, like that dysfunctional or have very much pain. Um, you know, I don't think surgery is the right option for you, but I was, I was not able to run. I would, I would go out and I'd run 10 miles. And, um, and if I basically, if I ran over 10 miles, right at 10 miles, I would start to feel this really shaky feeling in my leg. And, and eventually my leg would just like kind of go numb and I wouldn't be able to feel it. Um, it's just like super unstable and and just this, it wasn't painful though. It was just like this really strange sensation. Um, and again, like if I tried to run a fast workout on the track, like I would only make it so far and then my leg would just like stop working. (laughs) Oh, that's super Um, frustrating or it must've been the weirdest. (laughs) So all this kind of leading up to like OCR, how did, or you can go on, but kind of how did that initially get planted in your brain of like, Oh, I might try a Spartan race. Um, you know, it took a lot of convincing because I think, uh, and maybe some runners will relate to this. There is kind of a, a negative attitude towards obstacle course racing within like the running community. Um, and I, I did not view it as a real competitive sport. I viewed it as something very different from running. Um, and, and, and this is even after I, I was a climber and I really kind of like, I had all the skills necessary to, to do well in the sport. Um, yeah. From like, from like outsider looking in, I just like wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> I was like, that is not what I want. I want to run fast. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> and what year uh, around was this? Like kind of take us back. Cause some listeners probably have no idea. Like when did Spartan or OCR yes. kind of come into play? Like 2000. Do you remember? I think so. I think it started in like early 2000 or early 2010s. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like I think 2010 is maybe when they started okay. maybe a little bit yeah. earlier. Um, but they had, they had had several years of, of like, um, some like really like big races, larger competitions. Um, I was familiar with warrior dash because there were a few runners who went into that and did really well and won like this huge prize purse. But besides that, I, I just really had no idea that there was this competitive scene in obstacle course racing. And I didn't, I don't think I even knew what a Spartan was until 2016 when I did one. Um, but yeah, like I, I had been to all these specialists and I couldn't figure out my, my hip injury. Nobody knew it was really wrong. <laughs> um, and so I decided that I was just going to kind of like, I like made a list. I made like a what hurts my hip list and what like makes it feel better. And the makes it feel better side had trail running (laughs) on it. Um, And so I was like, well, I guess that's it. Like I'm not gonna run on the roads or on the track anymore. I'm gonna see if I can just completely walk away from that. And then maybe I'll just be able to run again. So at first it was just like, 
I just wanted to be able to, to run for enjoyment. <laughs> um, and that's what led me to trails. And then after I heard about obstacle course racing, um, I, and a friend like convinced me to try it. I kind of had the, um, I had like the spark renewed that like, oh, maybe I can compete again. <laughs> um, Cause that's what like, I really, I really, I mean, I miss like the community. I miss like the identity of being a runner, but yeah. I really missed the competitive aspect of it. Oh yeah, I bet. And for so long, not being able to race or having these injuries, that's got to feel like awesome to be able to get back on a starting line and, you know, have something that you can you can do. And I think you had said kind of there, like you run on trails, you're kind of a lower mileage runner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I relative to like, yeah. Yeah. Like 40 miles, which for, yeah, for, I, I, I consider that low miles. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for a highly competitive athlete, that's like pretty doable and being able to rock climb as well as part of your training. It's cool. So your first Spartan race, take me back to that day. And was this really in 2016? Cause I did mine in 2017 and I felt like you were a veteran to the sport. So I'd love to hear <laughs> about that first race. Yeah, it was, it was May, 2016. Um, and probably the reason I seem like a veteran is because after my first race, I, 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 I was third, it was like a slightly more competitive race. Um, and, and so I was relatively happy with that placement. Um, and I also, I, I felt like some things went wrong that I could definitely improve on. And, and, that, and I, yeah, just immediately was like, I think I can be really good at this. And I'm just gonna go to every single race out there that like, like wherever the good female like competitors are, like I'm gonna be there. <laughs> and so, so I went from having never done a race to signing up for the rest of the U S national series, which is the, the five race series that, um, has most of the U S competition. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, just basically being like, okay, what's the next race? Like what's, what's the That's next amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so you just kind of rose to the top. This sounds too like Rebecca, right? I think she just, I had never heard of her, Rebecca Hammond, your friend. And then all of a sudden uh-huh. it's like, oh, world championships, Rebecca Hammond. And I'm like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> so it does seem like in OCR, you can just have that ability to have a breakthrough. And it's really exciting with so many factors we'll get into, but like obstacles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can nail every obstacle and have a decent, runtime or a great race, then, you know, it can lead to a lot more down the road. So, and during this time, I wanted to kind of go back there. Um, you were, I mean, we won't get too much into this, but were you an EMT? I think you had another, did you have another job at the Mm -hmm. time? Yeah. Yeah. At the time I was, I was both, I was in school. So I was finishing up some prerequisites to apply to PA school, physician assistant. Mm -hmm. And then I was also working part-time as an EMT. So it was kind of a lot to handle while also trying to train at a high level and navigate a new sport. Um, and I, I, um, I definitely had a lot of ups and downs. So I actually wouldn't say that my progress was, was like Becca's because I would do, I would do like really well. And then I would really poorly, <laughs> um, because yeah. I just, I didn't have the whole skill set and I didn't have all those factors dialed in. Which is also like not uncommon for when runners come into the sport, Mm -hmm. I think. Oh yeah. I missed my spear like what 
12 races before I finally got a spear throw, <laughs> which is so sad, but oh, it's yeah. just not something I was like, what is this? And, you know, I need to get one of these in my backyard to practice. Um, but I'd love to hear from that first race or those first couple races, what did you find maybe like surprising, um, and, or most challenging about those races? Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first few races, I, I was pretty shocked at how heavy and how just like crushing the heavy carry obstacles felt. Um, I even like now I would look back on them and I'd be like, Oh, they weren't even that bad. Some of them, but, um, even like carrying a, a 40, 40, 50 pound bucket was really, really hard for me at this time. And it just like absolutely killed my low back. Um, I, I guess like I, I could think I could do like a 40 pound sandbag. All right. But it still wasn't easy for me. And so then when we had the double sandbag carries like two 40 pounds, that was just almost impossible. And there were some races where I did come out of the double sandbag carry in, in very dead last. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some really tough, <laughs> tough carries, <laughs> especially if you don't do that in your normal day to day, which a lot of runners don't, you know, have that really heavy lifting background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a different type of lifting as well. Um, for the first couple years I was doing Olympic lifting for runners, essentially. It was like the same lifting that the rest of the women on Brad Hudson's team did. Um, and I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought that that was going to make me stronger for obstacle racing and better at the heavy carries. And it just did not. <laughs> I think it was good for just pure running. Um, but it wasn't really getting at the problem that like my core and my, and my like upper, like thoracic stability wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, that, that was a hard, a hard thing to learn. Yeah, it is. I, it, kept on, I was like, I, yeah. I think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a totally different training style, right? There's a lot of nuances and very individualized on what you need. Were there any obstacles specifically that you found um, to be most challenging? Well, you had said the heavy carries, um, but I guess for someone just getting into the sport, like what were some considerations and changes that you made into your, in your training to then perform better? Um, I think I was really stubborn and I still kind of am in that I still prefer to train like a runner. <laughs> and so I keep, I, I keep my, my different aspects of OCR training separate. I, I train for running, I have a running coach and, um, and then I, and then I rock climb, which is what I consider my obstacle training. And, um, and then I have my lifting, which I do outside of that too. So um, it's not that uh, it's not as sport specific as a lot of people train. Um, and it's maybe not even the most ideal way, but to me, I like to do what is going to be sustainable and something that I can do consistently. And so, uh, I love to run <laughs> and I love to run with my runner friends and, um, I like to still, yeah, like go out on just like a 14 mile long run and feel like I'm training as a runner. <laughs> so, yeah. so I could do that. And then I love rock climbing. I'm super passionate about that as well. And so I would just prefer to go rock climb as opposed to like go into an obstacle gym. 
And, and I really think that it prepared you super well. So yeah, like, it certainly yeah, does. I'm a little bit stubborn in that way, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be, um, you kind of got your, your routine yes. down. Yeah. And I guess what you, you asked if I, um, what were, what was most challenging obstacle wise besides the heavy carries? Yeah. Besides like the heavy carries, I know you have a running background, so that probably came pretty natural mm-hmm. naturally, but was there anything else you wish you would have, or if you could like go back to that first race that you would prep for? Um, no, again, I think that like rock climbing did prepare me pretty well mm-hmm. for most of the other obstacles, um, like monkey bars, rigs, which are like complicated monkey bars, mm-hmm. um, rope climbs, things like that were no problem for me because I did have like a, about four years of rock climbing experience under me at the point that I started okay. OCR. Um, the spear was very challenging and it's something that I failed so many times. And I even had, I had a spear, I had a spear. I practiced Uh like somewhat consistently. Um, and I just thought it was kind of like a toss up. I was like, uh, this, this just like, it's just the luck of the draw, (laughs) which (laughs) is probably not a great attitude. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, the fact that you even had one is awesome. Okay. Um, I have so many questions. My brain just like, we could go into so many other, and we will get to barriers in your OCR development, but, Uh um, a big, big one to me is the community too, right? This community, it sounds like you have a lot of, um, both women and men and like all humans in the sport that are just you seem really well connected to me. And, um, I guess for myself too, that was a pretty big change from you show up to a starting line of like a, an elite competitive road race. It's a lot different from say a trail or an ultra or an OCR where you're saying a roo, a roo, a roo together and, you know, (laughs) taking off with the sound of this like bell horn thing. It's, it's not a gun, you know, like a normal race, would be, um, there's just so many differences, right? So (laughs) I'd love to hear from your perspective, how the community was initially, um, you know, if there were any surprises or anything that's made you stick around in terms of the social element. Yeah, I think that, I think you're definitely, um, correct in, in saying that there's, there's just like, kind of like a, maybe a tighter knit community in obstacle racing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the brands do a good job in trying to foster that um, and make people excited to, to come back and, and race with other people. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, even like the word obstacle, it's like, you know, it's a great metaphor for life and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like trying new things and getting over challenges. I think um, there's a lot that draws people to the sport for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I think of my time as, uh, just a runner, <laughs> um, you know, I still like found a lot of community there as well, especially cause I was like, I was on a, a high school team, a college team, a post-collegiate team. Um, so I, I mean, I found great relationships there too, but I, but it was easy to, in some ways to walk into obstacle racing and, um, just like it was, even though like we raced all over the country, it was a pretty small, like tight knit community. And, um, and so, yeah, people were like super helpful and, and helping me navigate it and being welcoming. Good. Awesome. And the final question before we kind of dive more into like the barriers women face getting into OCR is 
at what point did you have either like a breakthrough race or did you feel like this could be something you do professionally, what you do now? Was there like a turning point or was it kind of like a culmination of things? Yeah, I would say um, I had some, some like early success in 2016. And then I had a lot of really hard races, actually races that I would finish. I finished ninth or seventh or sixth. Um, and, and they were times that I felt like my fitness level was better than that. And that I should be um, on the podium. I should be winning races. Um, and, and so that was, that was kind of hard for me. Um, it was, it was frustrating to, to just feel absolutely crushed by the sandbag carries and, um, and like some of the races were really long, like 18 miles for the race in Tahoe with like Mm -hmm. 7,000 feet of vert or something. Um, which for me at the time, like I was still kind of in that mid distance track mindset. (laughs) Uh, like I just wanted to race hard for like, Uh you know, 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, so there is a lot of things, especially about Spartan racing that were, that were challenging. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I got to OCR, uh, world championships, which is like, a there's like two main championships, the Spartan world championships, OCR world championships. Um, and when I got there, the race is less focused on heavy carries and it's a little bit more on harder technical obstacles that require a little bit more like upper body and, um, and like body awareness. So I, when I raced there, I ended up placing second and I loved it just because it was more of the things that, that catered towards my, um, my abilities and, and more of the things that like I find enjoyable. Um, and that was like the first time I was really like on, on a podium at like the national and like world scale. Um, and that, so yeah, that was kind of the turning point for me because I think prior to that, if I had had any other way of like still competing, I would have like gone to that. (laughs) So if I could still run on like roads, I would have been like, yeah, I guess this isn't really for me. Um, but I, I'm glad that I stuck with it. I'm glad that I kind of had to, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because especially at that race, like I found, um, yeah, I found it to be in like an even like more welcoming, like tight knit community. Um, everyone was like super excited to have me there as like a newcomer who was excelling and, um, yeah, it was kind of just like exciting all around and a really great time. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your journey and experience. I feel like that's really important to get into just how other women can start to think about how they might get into OCR, like do their first race. And the fact that you were able to do that from no former background, it's like, nobody's really prepared for OCR, no matter what background (laughs) you come from, there's always going to be. And I don't mean to say that, say it like that, but like a lot of us have never thrown a spear in our lives or carried, you know, a bucket up a hill. And so from that standpoint, I feel like we're all in it together. There's always going to be, you know, Spartan throws out new obstacles all the time. And, you know, we don't always see the course beforehand. So like, there's so much that you can do to prepare, but there's also a lot you can't. And that's kind of the fun of it too, is that there's so many new challenges and, you know, things to conquer. So for someone, I didn't set that up super well for anyone that wants to get into the sport, but just saying that I think even if you've been in the sport for a long time, there's still so much to be learned. 
And um, also as a newbie, you're probably going to surprise yourself with a lot of the obstacles that you already can do and things that come naturally to you. So why do you see like an OCR that the data show 70% of men, 30% of women is kind of our split for OCR. And we, we just know, I think both you and I probably showing up to races, it seems like there's a lot more guys there, right. Than women, especially in the elite heats and more competitive, um, realm. So why do you think that is? What are some barriers when you surveyed? What did you find were some reasons women weren't getting into the sport? Um, you know, I think it, it probably goes back to, um, like the founding of the sport. It's, it has its roots in like military obstacles, (laughs) um, which is pretty male dominated to begin with. And then, um, you know, like, like the, like the owner of Spartan, Joe DeSena, um, he, I think he appeals a little bit more towards, um, towards men for sure. Um, but both because he is a guy, <laughs> but also, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's like creating a brand, um, around like getting uncomfortable, getting mm-hmm. like dirty, getting like, <laughs> um, you yeah. know, having like a lot more upper body strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that, like, obviously not that women don't, don't like find those things appealing, but, um, if you, if you took like, you know, like two teams of cross country runners, um, I think that if you, if you had like the women and the men do like pull-ups, like I would, I would imagine that like a random runner guy would probably be able to do like a couple pull-ups. And I think that women just like inherently struggle a little bit more with that. So, um, which, which I don't actually think is because we're weaker. <laughs> I think yeah. it's more because of like encouragement at a, at a young age of doing different sports, but, um, but that's my belief. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, but that's just to say that I think it's easier for men to get into the sport and have at least like somewhat of a baseline ability level, like, like, Oh, well, I can do like a pull up or two. And right. they can think it's just easier, um, yeah, to see themselves like doing those obstacles, carrying those heavy things. And women are more so coming from, um, from like a more extreme side of things. Yeah. So I think that's one of the barriers. Um, <laughs> and then a lot of people responded by saying like, oh, it's like a, it's a macho sport. It's like a male dominated mm-hmm. sport or like, I don't really like the the language that's used as in like, just be tougher or like, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Things like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like the go hard all the time mentality or the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Toughen up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think about it from an, another lens too. And I guess not seeing many women in the sport, like if there's not many women leader leaders in the sport or you show up to a race and you don't see them. Um, but a lot of us never, a lot of yeah, women probably never get there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of too, um, this is kind of maybe just a, I don't want to say an assumption, but I, I see, I volunteered at a lot of Spartans and I often see women showing up with their husband, boyfriend, groups of friends. I'm 
thinking it's awesome that they're getting into it, you know, with a family or like with support. Um, but a lot of times it seems like, and again, kind of an assumption, I've just met a few that are being kind of dragged there by like, Mm -hmm. Oh, my boyfriend got me here. Oh, my husband really wanted to do this. And, um, you know, oftentimes they might even be on the start or on, on the sidelines. Like I've met a couple women at races that are like, yeah, I don't think I want to do it. I'm just here to cheer my husband on, but of course, Mm -hmm. and hopefully, right. That might lead to them then thinking this looks fun and maybe I want to jump in. Um, so I, I just wonder like from a statistics standpoint, how many women are getting in with, with their like significant other, with their, you know, partner. Actually there's even, yeah, there's even some, like, I think research that shows that women are more likely to do to do their first Spartan race as part of a team or part of a group, mm, um, okay. like, like way more so. And that's, I think also reflected in some of the responses I also got that said like, well, I would, I want to do an obstacle horse race, but I want to do it. Like I, I want to do it with friends and like my friends mm-hmm. won't do it with me or like, I want to move up from age yeah. group to elite, but I don't have anybody to move up with. Um, right. and so I think one, like probably there's like a need for the community mm-hmm. aspect of it, but also, um, yeah, like sometimes we want to have someone by our side Yeah, <laughs> to try something yeah. new. Definitely. Yeah. I've seen some awesome, like badass group of women, um, runners or OCR athletes that do these together too, which is really cool to see um, them coming out and mm-hmm. doing it. So that is neat. So, um, you pose a good question. Why should we have more women in OCR? Uh, posed by a clinical psychologist, Dr. Laura Pence, but I'd love to dive more into that. Why do you think we should? Um, Yeah, I think it's kind of a funny question because it's like, I don't know, like, like the initial answer that comes to mind is like, well, I don't know. Cause like, because there should be (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like, I don't know. Just why, why are we asking this question? (laughs) Um, yeah, but I guess, you know, I, I guess, uh, maybe a more real, real answer is that, um, women bring a different nuance. And I think that, um, it's actually really cool to see in, in both obstacle racing and something like rock climbing, when you have, when you have, uh, women come into the sport, um, because of physical limitations, because of, um, whatever else. Uh, there tends to be a, a more like creative element that gets involved. Um, so you see women climbing just as hard as men, but in a really different way. And so they're like, they're using their technique, they're using flexibility more. They're just doing like kind of crazy moves that the guys would never have thought about doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I kind of think it's cool to see that. It's cool to see that things can be done. Like we can reach like the same end goal in a different way. And I think that's just something that kind of women in general bring to the table. Yeah. I really like that. I also feel like it's empowering, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, doing an obstacle similar to like weightlifting or rock climbing, um, for someone who previously thought they, they would never do something like that. It can be really awesome and empowering to finish a race and have that feeling. So I'd love more women to to feel that way, you know, feel like they're getting empowered through the sport. Totally. Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's the different feeling that you don't even realize, um, unless you do it. Like once, once I started lifting, once I started rock climbing, 
um, like I've, I've never felt so powerful and it's a really cool feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like I felt, you know, I don't know, like a gazelle or like mm-hmm. super light when I'm running or something. Um, but I can't say that it's, a, it's the same feeling as like, mm, yeah, lifting like heavy weights and feeling super strong and like, just like, yeah, on top of the world and like, kind of like amped up. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's also one of the most, I feel like, um, the women in the sport, I don't know if I'd say one of the most empowering, but like they do a great job of supporting one another. Like there's a lot of high fives and hugs at the finish line. And I guess you could say that about some other sports or some other like areas of running like trail and road. Sure. But in OCR, I just think it's a really cool thing to be able to like conquer these obstacles with other women. Like even if you're competing, you're alongside them through the monkey bars, through like, you know, the freezing cold, um, water swims and, you know, getting through these Mm -hmm. together. So it kind of makes it more of an experience. Yeah. I kind of think about my friend Faye Stunning, who is another professional obstacle horse racer and, um, who I think she actually, she, she wrestled with race anxiety a lot and, and exactly like, how do you kind of like view your competitors? But at the end of the day, um, she's like, well, I mean, I want to be friends with these girls because like, who am I going to go out and have like wine with afterwards or like, (laughs) yeah. And her, her best, my favorite quote of hers is even if I don't win the race, I'm going to win the after party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good quote. Yeah. Some of the best after parties too. OCR people know how to have a good time. I feel like, and the really cool thing too, I'll say is that a lot of these races are, which is not cool during COVID because like there's so much travel involved, but they're at all these different locations throughout the country. So naturally you're going to these places you've never been to. It's not like you have a ton of local OCR, you know, a mile away from your house kind of races. A lot of these are across the country, right? So you're putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. uncomfortable or exciting, right? But it's always like this big adventure to go to a race is what I feel like. And, um, oh yeah. yeah, it definitely reminds me of like running in college where I feel like I got to experience the country, um, yeah. just by racing different places mm-hmm. So, And I've, yeah. and I've competed internationally in Oscar racing too, which is super fun into Greece and to England. And, uh, yeah, that's really neat. <laughs> yeah. So with all mm-hmm. this said, what, um, what do you feel like mentally, I guess mentally too, like with that scarcity mindset of like, there's not enough women in the sport, or I don't know if it's going to be inclusive. Um, what maybe from your like friends, competitors, other women you've seen get into the sport is like a way you can get over that or sort of like make it, how can we make the sport both as people that are already in it more welcoming and for someone listening, like, what would you tell someone who's like, I don't know if I want to do one of these. It sounds kind of scary. Um, yeah. So I think one of, one thing is that, um, across the board at literally all levels, um, women, especially in OCR, I think have like a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is outside of just racing too, but we tend to like downplay our abilities and we tend to like not believe in ourselves as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, uh, kind of one of the things that I'm hopeful, hopeful, hoping to, um, to do to, to kind of, um, make that not 
an element that help that um, hinders people from getting into the sport is um, making people realize that even at the professional level, we all fail obstacles. And so um, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't feel like you, you have to be able to do like, I don't know, some outrageous amount of pull-ups and be super strong and like be really overly confident that you're not going to fail anything ever because everyone fails things. Even at the professional level, we fail things like monkey bars, which mm -hmm. sound like an, an easier obstacle. Um, so it's just, yeah, like you don't have to be, you don't have to, to be a hundred percent prepared to go into the sport because it's really hard to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and there, there is no shame in failing things. There is no, you know, like no one's going to make fun of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, cause people fail things every single race and it's just mm -hmm. part of it. You know, like when you're, when you're racing, um, it happens. Yeah. 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 And I think I don't want to say lower your expectations, but like the first race I ever did, I just wanted to finish, like, just finish, have a good time. Don't worry about, you know, like placing in this you know, instance and, and you can really surprise yourself. And, um, I didn't talk much about my first race, but I was planning to do women's elite and showed up. And I think Alex Walker won that one in Texas in 2017. And, um, my mom and I drove there together. She was cheering me on. We got lost and I ended up doing the, I think I did the open. <laughs> and so oh, I'm really? not laughing for that, but like I was wanting to do elite and I did open and it was almost kind of funny because I literally had graduated from college like a few weeks ago. So I was still in my kind of collegiate running, um, I guess, shape in terms of like feeling really fit and really ready to like throw down a good time. So I ended up having to pass a lot of people, but it was fun because I got a lot of cheering and um, I had wished I would have placed like top five in the women's, um, elite field, but it was fine. Cause I, you know, I had a great time, <laughs> had a great time going through and getting to run with so many people, but I, I could definitely sense that I think doing open or doing age group can sometimes be a good starting place because you're gaining the sense of confidence. And like, there was definitely less pressure, I think, than if I had done women's elite from the get-go on that first race, it might've scared me away or made me kind of doubt myself. And so I always think back to that race because since that race, I've been an elite, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like I see other elites doing the open just to have a good time. And it's really, um, you know, still a great experience regardless of what heat you go into. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of opportunities and, you know, and were you group. intimidated in that, in that first race or were you uh, how did you feel going think into so. it? I always felt like I was a stronger runner mm -hmm. in races. So I felt like it played to my strengths with having those intimidated. No, but I definitely got a little bit, um, frustrated, I guess, or confused at obstacles that I didn't know how to do <laughs> because I'd show up and yeah. be like, how do I do this? And I'd have to get instructions. Um, but humbled, I think in a good way, right? Like you get to something and yeah. you're like, what even is this? And like, do I crawl under it or through it or over it? And the volunteer goes, you can do any, like, you just need to get past it, you know? <laughs> so I think in that way, oh, and I also was frustrated at the, yeah, I heard throw. a lot, of yeah. <laughs> but who isn't right. Yeah. yeah. So frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> What were you gonna I say? do think there's a lot of women out there too that, oh, there, I, there, I got a lot of responses that, um, either like a lot of women were really worried about the running or really worried about the, 
the like upper body pull-up type of strength Mm -hmm. um, elements to racing. And, uh, and I think it's just really cool to look, if you look at the elite field, there is, there is like somewhat of a mix of people that have running backgrounds and who don't have running backgrounds. And I always say that you're never going to win a race if you're not a good runner, (laughs) Um, but you're going to def, you can definitely lose a race by failing obstacles. (laughs) Um, But with that said, you can still become a runner in Mm -hmm. obstacle racing (laughs) because there's like, it's 80 to 90% of the race is running. If you like break it down by like time-wise, it's like an enormous amount of running. (laughs) So true. Yeah. It's really about stringing together a lot of those components and the running for sure. It's like Mm -hmm. a foundation. I've had races too, where I'm like, I've aced the running, but then you, you miss a few obstacles. And like you said, that can be game over for just places, but, um, Yeah, there's so many elements. So when it comes to getting more women into this into the sport, I want to make sure we highlight the fact that you're putting together an OCR women's development team, which is super exciting. I'd love to hear more about how this came about. Like, was it your idea? Was it from Spartan? And how mm-hmm. how this is looking? Like, what what is it for those listening? And how might they apply? Yeah, so it kind of came about from um, from my, I, I noticed last year that there is, there is less sponsorship money on the women's side as compared to the men's side. And not only, you know, like that at face value is, is like basically not okay, yeah. <laughs> but what it was leading to was that there were not just like that there weren't women coming into this sport, but there were actually women who were like actively leaving the competitive side. Um, so because there wasn't as much support, there was, there was friends of mine that were just like, well, like, I just can't really justify going to the, the U S national series or like, oh, like I'm just not going to go to the world championships there this year. Cause it's like further away or something. Um, and so I was really disappointed that the lack of support was like very much, um, it was being focused at the top athletes because, because like the top five of us do kind of stand out from the rest of the field. Um, but I, <laughs> it's just my belief that like, yeah, like maybe I'm consistently on the podium, but that doesn't mean that, that like there shouldn't be an encouragement in developing those, like that second tier of athletes. So, um, so yeah, so I figured that if nobody else was going to sponsor those athletes, then like maybe I could. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So partly from the fact that like, I just really disliked seeing the competitive side of the women's sport, um, in some ways, like getting weaker. Um, and then also just knowing what it was like for me to come into the sport as a runner and having like most of the tools to do really well, but not all of them and not really knowing, um, after that, like how to figure that out. Um, I just know that there's a lot of other women out there who, who are fast enough and strong enough, and they just need a little bit of help and encouragement. (laughs) So yeah. And I think it's, it's a really fun sport. It's like, it's not only has it given me a way to compete again, but I think it also kind of, it encourages like a more healthy, um, like body image, I would say it helps you kind of like to value your muscle and your strength, <laughs> which yeah. isn't always, um, as easy to do when you're just a runner and you're all huh. and you're focused more about like, your kind of like strength to weight and like mm-hmm. 
ratio and, and just being, yeah, I guess like, um, light and fast. So, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that piece too. I feel like that's <laughs> I know, huge. which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, yeah, but that's another reason I feel like more women should get into the sport is because strength is celebrated. Whereas in, you know, most road races, I'm not really seeing that. And, um, yeah, I always identified as like a stronger runner, like a muscular runner. And it didn't, I never felt like I fit mm-hmm. into that mold of like what a runner should look like or what, you know, my competitors looked like on a starting line. But I feel like in Spartan, a lot of like all bodies are celebrated and there's all types of people on starting lines at Spartans, which is really cool. So, yeah, yeah. totally. And I think it's really inspiring to see to see like all body types doing all those obstacles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's super exciting. Yeah. Super cool. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for sharing all this information about, I love this idea of, of women supporting women in this, um, this OCR development opportunity. So for those that are listening and interested, like, does someone need to be in OCR or like, who is, who are you kind of looking for, for this team? Um, they definitely don't have to be an OCR. Um, that's, that's partly because I know that I came into the sport and was able to, you know, immediately do really well just off of having like a strong running background and being like a little bit stronger of a runner, having like that rock climbing experience too. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm welcoming anybody at all to apply. Uh, the only stipulations is that you have to be over 18 and in, in, in North America. <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, you can, you can have your own coach and apply, you can have your own sponsors or other, you know, company affiliations and apply. Um, I'm trying to like not limit it as much as possible. And, um, the idea is just to, to get a strong group of women who, um, I can help in, in any way and in every way that I see beneficial as an athlete, um, to, to excel and move up in the sport. So, um, specifically I'm, I'm helping with, or I'm offering um, I'll have coaches accessible. I'll have nutritionists, um, mental coaches. So like I have a, a sports, um, uh, a run- so Addie Bracey is a, is a trail runner. She's amazing. People yeah. Probably recognize uh-huh. her name. Yeah. Yep. So she is my mental coach. She has a master's in sports psychology. Um, nice. and so I'm she just really wrote a book, right? <laughs> she just wrote a book. Yeah. You didn't know. Oh, that? I didn't know oh that. my gosh. It's <laughs> like, yeah. You got to read it. I think it's all about <laughs> mental training for ultra running. Yeah. I don't know if that's the title, but she just read a book. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Another I feel cool point. Sweet. <laughs> totally. Okay. So yeah. cool. You got but mental she's gonna be skills. On board. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I have a clinical psychologist, Dr. Laura Pence. Um, nice. And then, yeah, I've, had, I've got Nell Rojas, who is an amazing marathon runner. She's run 228 and uh, she was, I believe, ninth at the trials. So, so I have, you know, um, badass running coach and then, um, face sending and Jess O'Connell are also other coaches, um, who have running and OCR backgrounds. So yeah, it'll be a really cool team to support the athletes. Um, I don't really know if like this model having like in any other, in any other, like, I guess, sport or, or Avenue. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I think that it's like, it's also kind of, uh, it's great to have, an all-encompassing support network <laughs> for an athlete. You know, I think yeah. that 
we typically focus on like coaching or, Mm. or you have like your sponsors, but this is kind of a way to have like all of the, the support in one to kind of like look at an athlete as like a complete human being. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so much of that is lacking. I think in collegiate sports or especially like D2, D3, you know, smaller programs, especially. So really awesome to be able to step into a supportive network of women. And, um, so excited for this. This is cool. Um, I'm like, sign me up, sign everyone up. I wish we could have a giant, giant team, but so know, this is limited. what's that? Oops. I think we got disconnected here. Let me see. Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I hear you now. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm just getting excited hearing about it. It's awesome. Um, so this is four to six women, right? (laughs) Oh, you're still there. No, but I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can, I can like see you now. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. Hold on. Can I hear you? Can you talk? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, no. I've got to find a new uh, platform. Maybe Skype would be better. Oh, no. Zoom's been bad lately. Is Zoom have Zoom has problems? Zoom has issues. Well, I like to see people when I talk to them, but I know that I don't know if Bracken does this, but maybe I should turn my video off because that would help. So we're almost done. And if I can piece ours together, that'll help. So as long as you have a recording on your side. Okay. 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 So, so just nailing down the details of this, um, it's Mm -hmm. open to women over 18 in the, in like North America or in the U S and what else did we want to highlight there? Like, um, yeah, they don't need a background necessarily in OCR. No, nope, they don't. Okay. Yeah. No background in OCR is required. Um, you can be a runner, you can be in CrossFit, you can be in, I don't know, you can be a deck athlete. Like I don't, whoever wants to apply can apply. Um, the, the expectation is that this is a program for, um, for athletes who want to compete at the highest level in obstacle horse racing. So, um, like I'm pro like, team or North yeah. Or championships. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to be on the podium. You want to win a world championship. You want to compete at like the national and world level. So, um, yeah, but I think that, you know, like college runners, like recently out of college would be good candidates, um, trail runners for sure. Um, you know, rock climbers, I think would be good candidates, especially if you have like a combination of that gymnasts, um, seem to do well as, as well. So yeah, I think, Very that, cool. um, and I guess I should mention that, so I, I'm like focusing on this, this small group of athletes, but I also, um, have like the overreaching goal, overarching goal of just trying to get more women into the sport in general. And so because of that, and because of the, the response that I already had to the program, I am going to have a larger group that I'm hoping to support in similar ways. It just won't be, um, complete full support. I'll just be offering like discounts to all of the, um, uh, the experts that I have on my team 
and then um, I'll also like provide special content from those from those experts too. So cool. Um, yeah. So even if like yeah. someone doesn't think that they're like quite at the at the right level, um, they they're still ha- welcome to apply because I do have this other team in mind too. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like it'll just continue to develop and grow from there. So this is for 2021, yeah, I think right? I think so. 2021. Yeah, for yeah. 2021. Okay. So it'll it'll be a year long program, and then I would I'm hoping to do it again in 2022. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. And then and cool. applications are live right now. You can find them on my Instagram bio, and um, they'll be open for about two weeks. And then I will probably take. I'll probably take, take me a bit to, to narrow it down and finalize the team, but I'm hoping to, to really start it as soon as possible. So I'm hoping in like early March, it'll be like completely up and running. Cool. Okay. Really excited to hear more and, and see this team develop. So, um, what was my other, oh, in terms of kind of like the, the layout for 2021, can you give us any insight from Mm -hmm. Spartan HQ on what, 2021 looks like, or, you know, for someone considering this, like what can they expect in terms of race schedule? So, um, there was just an, an exciting announcement made. So this is very fitting. Um, Spartan plans to have a U.S. national series, which is their typical five race series that has, um, more prize money in it and therefore typically more competition. And then for new for 2021, they're having a Spartan Cross series, which Spartan Cross is a short course OCR race that is that's more dense with obstacles. So it would be like um, like a 3K with 30 obstacles, as opposed to I think right now they have like a 5K with 20, for instance. So um, it's supposed to be more spectator friendly, a little bit more exciting to watch. Um, it, I think it'll resemble OCRWC 3K a little bit more, which is, a, in my opinion, is the most exciting race <laughs> to race and to watch. So yeah, that'll be exciting. They'll, they kind of hinted at having teams for that. So I think that um, people who want to do that would be trying out and then maybe like placed on different teams is my guess, but I don't know exactly. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That sounds then, really neat. Um, yeah. There's also a, yeah. um, there's also a big race in uh, Florida in May called Hildervat, which is a new race company. And that's going to have a pro wave and it'll have elite weights for sure. Um, and then unfortunately, OCR world championship is on the same weekend as the North American Spartan championship. So uh, one is in Vermont, OCRWC is in Vermont. And then and then um, Spartan North American champs is in Tahoe. So that's, it's been pretty, a pretty big bummer to hear that because there's a lot of us that would go to both, but I think we'll have to pick. Oh yeah. Gosh, that is kind of a bummer. I'm like, do these companies yeah. talk to each other or <laughs> it's just kind of decided on the same? I don't know. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll have a split with East the other, and West Coast. The other thing that... What are you yeah. Say? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, the world championship is also set to happen in Abu Dhabi this year in December. So, um, so yeah, I think that it's, I think it's a really exciting and, and good time to get into OCR because there's kind of a little more flexibility with people's training than normal. Cause there's just not as many competitions. Um, 
And so, yeah, if you want to try OCR, this is the year and maybe you'll go, you'll have a trip to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That would be really neat. Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Nicole, for sharing more about the OCR development program. Is there anything else before we hop off, like ways that listeners can connect? I'll be sure to link the application in the show notes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm happy to, to field questions. So if someone just wants to know a little bit more about obstacle horse racing um, or about my transition from running in college to doing that, um, then they can just send me and send me a message. I'm, I'm pretty reachable. So yeah, that's about it. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks again. And I'm super stoked to get more women into the sport and hope that you guys that are listening are thinking about, you know, getting into OCR and applying for Nicole's program. So yeah. Thanks Nicole. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.